the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The president doesn't answer to you, Lewis. Oh, yes, he does, AJ. I'm a citizen. This is my president. And in this country, it is not only permissible to question our leaders, it's our responsibility. But you already know that, don't you, Mr. President? Because you have a deeper love of this country than any man I've ever known. And I want to know what it says to you that in the past seven weeks, 59% of Americans have begun to question your patriotism. Look, if people want to listen to... They don't have a choice! Bob Rumson is the only one doing the talking. People want leadership, Mr. President. In the absence of genuine leadership, they'll listen to anyone who steps up to the microphone. They want leadership. They're so thirsty for it, they'll crawl through the desert toward a mirage, and when they discover there's no water, they'll drink the sand. Lewis, we have had presidents who were beloved, who couldn't find a coherent sentence with two hands and a flashlight. People don't drink the sand because they're thirsty. They drink the sand because they don't know the difference. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Yeah, opening with that clip from the American president, because you know what? In the, you know, people are looking for leadership. In the absence of leadership, they'll they'll listen to anyone who steps up to the microphone. And isn't that true? Think about one of the, some of the things I said last night. Hey, or uh, last week on the on the show last week, it's like, hey, you know, it depends on who you listen to. I think uh, the people in the media listen to this song from there, this movie from 1995, and caught a clue say hey you know what they'll listen to anybody that steps up to the microphone so let's just put what we want them to think out there on the social media and on the tv and all that stuff people will believe whatever they hear you know what now we have uh, i saw somebody uh complaining that before that trump didn't do enough interviews and then last weekend he did a bunch of interviews and they're complaining about he's doing too many interviews i don't know I don't know. What do you think of that? And then that song was Roll With The Changes from uh, REO Speedwagon from, uh, I don't know, 1977 or 78. Because you know what? Things are changing in this country. Uh, I know I'm seeing it in my industry, and I'm rolling with it. I'm rolling with the changes. If you're not if you're not uh, up for change, just get out of the way. Just get out of the way. Hey, so anyway, I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about everything that's going on in this country. Good, bad, funny, uh, not humorous, uh, makes you angry, and I'm going to talk about it. Talk about in perspective. Try to put you in perspective based on uh, you know. Just don't listen to people that step up to the microphone. I'll try to put everything in perspective, and then you know if you need to check me out and see if uh, if it if it really was the way I said it was. Check it out. Then you'll trust me, and you'll stop worrying about it. You just listen to the main event every week. So uh, before I do, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. 
Located here in Southern California, landing in uh, Arizona and California, and uh, another couple weeks, Ohio, then Texas, and Florida. Oh, and Nevada. I forgot about that one. Uh, if you're interested in getting any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If, you, uh, if you're a millennial or you're uh, just an old person that uh, is getting used to using the computer, I guess uh, statistics say that you uh, women in your 60s are starting to spend more time on uh, Facebook than than uh, right up there with the millennials. So uh, if you're uh, if you want to do it the the computer way, go to wccloans.com www.wcclons.com. Click on looking for a loan, apply apply now, and uh, let me know how much. Uh, give me as much information as you want me to have. Let me know how much information you want back, and you'll hear back from uh, myself. Or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, or Aaron Fredericks. And we will help you put together your missing pieces of your real estate financing puzzle. Well, you know what? I was thinking about refinancing, but it seems like the rates are up. Is this a good idea? Well, it depends on what you're doing with it. It depends on what your need is. I've been hearing about those reverse mortgage things. Are those pretty good? Well, I think they are. I think they are if you need uh, more... uh, enhancement to your uh to your retirement years than uh, what your uh budget will allow they're they're great tools um so if you need any of those questions answered give us a call 855-640-2020 or wccloans.com um if you hear something you want repeated you can get the uh podcast of this show and several past shows on edhoffman.net click on the podcast page and uh, you can download them and you can listen to them on demand. You can also get the podcast on Podbeam and iTunes where you can have them download to your uh, your iPhone or your iWatch or your iPad or your iPod or your mini pad or your maxi pad or your, uh, or your computer and uh, have it or whatever else devices I don't know about that you can listen to podcasts and listen to it anytime you want. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and uh, find me. Um, if you want to leave some uh, comments on the show, if I said something that makes you mad or makes you uh, or inspires you, the listener hotline is 855-640-2092. Hey, a couple of uh, announcements before I go into uh, the, the, uh, the recap of this past uh, seven days. Uh, Monday, this Monday, the, that would be the 23rd. Monday the 23rd, no, Monday the 22nd, is the last day to register if you want to vote in the midterms. So if you haven't registered and you're going, I meant to do it, but I just haven't done it, go on to how do I register to vote. I think you can do it online now, Um, but Monday's the last day or else you're not in time to vote on November 6th. Uh, Democrats, that'll be November 8th. Um, Register to vote also this Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to do a roundtable at my office in Moreno Valley. If you want to be, uh, if you want to uh, join us, we're going to do a, a, a from six to eight on Wednesday the twenty fourth. Wednesday the twenty fourth, yes, yes. Wednesday the twenty fourth at six, we'll go from six to eight. Uh, we'll just have anybody who wants to show up to discuss the propositions. Um, we've done this several years, and uh, we get a few people that really 
understand them and a few people that kind of understand them and we just have a have a round uh, a round table discussion open discussion there's no rights there's no well there's pro- there are some rights but you know sometimes those uh propositions are so confusing that uh you know you don't not sh- hey I know what I how I want to vote but I'm not sure if that means yes or no on the propositions cuz they write them confusing on purpose so uh so we will get to the bottom of that and then also next week uh Scott McAfee and I will be recapping uh, our opinions on uh, how you should vote, which is how you should vote, because you should vote based on people that think clearly and rationally. But uh, but we'll uh, if you want to join us, um, go to if you want to join us, just show up. It's two three three two eight Olivewood Plaza Drive in Moreno Valley, um, or go to wccloans dot com and find our address. Six o'clock on Wednesday, everybody's welcome. And uh, just come on out if you're interested in being part of that discussion or if you want to just listen to it so you are a little bit more informed. So let's talk about what went on this week because there's some crazy stuff that went on this week. Monday, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, also known as Pocahontas, released the results of her DNA test that says she vindicates her long-criticized claim of being a Native American. Uh, In an effort to tie up political loose end before she... uh, uh, makes a presidential run in 2020. I think she's crazy. I don't know how old this lady is, but I just think she's crazy. I don't, I just don't think, I don't know. Maybe the Democrats think I personally predict we're not going to have a blue wave on the, on November 6th. I think, I think people are kind of, uh, angry about how the Democrats have behaved in the last two years. And I think we're going to have another, uh, conservative victory. Um, but we can't sit on our laurels. I mean, I think we need to get up and prevent a blue wave and uh, make sure you vote. Make sure you vote. Don and I will be on a cruise ship leaving two days before Election Day, but you can bet we will be voting. I'll confirm next week uh, that we voted. So, uh, And I'm not going to vote by absentee ballot. I'm going to go into the uh, re- the registrar in uh in, or the county recorders on uh, Gateway in Moreno Valley and vote in person so I can get my I voted sticker so I can make sure everybody knows, hey, I voted because it's important. So don't sit on your butt on Tuesday the 6th or before. Make sure you vote and uh, we keep uh, uh, keep the, the Republicans in power. So uh, uh, Warren accompanied her announcement uh, with a five-minute ad on her website and on YouTube called Elizabeth Warren's family story. My mother was born in eastern Oklahoma. It had been Indian territory until just a few years earlier when it had become a state. My daddy always said he fell head over heels in love with my mother the first time he saw her. But my daddy's parents, the Herrings, were bitterly opposed to their marrying because my mother's family, the Reeds, was part Native American. This sort of discrimination was common at the time. So when my mama was 19 and my daddy was 20, they eloped. And together they built a family, my three older brothers and me. Well, you know what? This could be anybody's story. When when my mommy and daddy lit, lit, met back in however long ago that was, they fell head over heels in love and they just had to get married. And uh, And my mama's parents didn't like my daddy because basically nobody did except for my mama. And uh, you know what? Boo-hoo. It's just a heartwarming, just a heartwarming uh, uh, example of of life in life in uh, America in the 1800s or whenever her uh, her parents fell or her grandparents fell in love. Here's some more. 
My life then took some twists and turns, as life does. I went to college, dropped out, married at 19, went to commuter college, had a kid, graduated from law school, had another kid, got divorced, married Bruce, and started teaching. I used my mama's grit to get through commuter college and law school. I used my daddy's relentless optimism when I was balancing babies and books. But my background played no role in my hiring. Yeah, well... You know what? That's everybody's story too. I went to school. I went to college. I did got discouraged with college and went to another college. And then I dropped out and did some work. Got married. Had a couple of kids. Got a divorce. Did a uh, did a uh, child custody battle and I lost it. And then I then I went on with my life and got made some money. I had another child custody battle and I won. And then I got married again. And I got married. And then thirty years later, here I am. I'm wasn't even in the mortgage business back then. And now, hey, look at me. I'm on the radio. It's just a beautiful thing. I used I used none of my dad's work ethic, but I he had lots of ideas. I was an idea guy like my dad, and everything else I did like my mom. Just work hard and be determined and don't quit. So whatever. Whatever, you guys, it's all your story too. So uh so you know what uh it played no role. No role in my being hired to be a teacher, a law school teacher at Harvard. You may remember the reason Warren's ancestry matters is that she was said to have gotten her tenure, so getting her job at Harvard in 1995, by claiming to be a Native American, which she denies now. She says, no, it didn't have anything to do with me getting hired. A 1996 Harvard Crimson article refers to her as a Native American, and in 1997, uh, there was an article uh, from the Fordham Law Review that says, Harvard's law school hired its first woman of color. Elizabeth Warren in 1995. I don't know if you guys have seen a picture of Elizabeth Warren or seen her on video. She doesn't look like a person of color. She's about as light skinned as you can ask and blonde hair. And uh, so why do they call her a person of color if she didn't use her Native American stuff? And uh, and yet Warren's new ad features interviews with former Harvard colleagues who claim her heritage had nothing to do with her hire uh, with her hiring. Do you remember her heritage ever coming up during the hiring process? No, no, no. Her heritage had no bearing on her hiring, period. I was chairing the committee that year. If ethnicity had been part of the discussion, I would have known about it. Her name with respect to racial minority hires, no, never. Nope, never. I'm sure they all remember it. I'm sure they all remember it. But you know what? Why did they do that? Why they do it? It might have had something to do with affirmative action because maybe the job wasn't available unless you were were a uh, unless you were a, a minority or a uh, or so, something along those lines. Maybe that's why she did it so she could get her job. Well, had nothing to do except for she wouldn't have got the interview if she wasn't a Native American. Kind of like uh, kind of like Barack Obama sealed his uh, his college transcripts because he didn't want to see people that got that he didn't get very good grades in college. But everybody I know that says uh, if you got into Harvard Law School, everybody says uh, you got into Harvard Law School with bad grades. Uh, the only way you do that is if you were maybe a foreign exchange uh, student. And maybe that's what Barack Obama doesn't want people to see, that he got into school as a foreign exchange student born in another country. I don't know. I don't know. Just saying. I listen. I think. I put things together. And I say, hmm, that's interesting. Did anybody think of this? I actually ran into uh, into uh, uh, Dennis Prager at a uh, at an event. And I said, hey, you know what? You guys like uh, D- uh, Ted Cruz. Does it have anything? Do you have any consideration of the fact that he's uh, not a 
not a, a natural natural born citizen. Oh no, I think that's been proven. You know, because one of his parents was was American and was a natural born citizen. I said, yeah, but we discussed this back uh, back in the with a lot of people, and uh, the Constitution says, and the particular law that that they referenced says. If you were born in a foreign country of parents with an S that are that are natural born citizens. And he goes, Yeah, but I, I, I think that's been uh I think that's been uh overruled. I go I go, well, then why were we concerned about Barack Obama? We knew her we knew his mom was born in born in the United States. And he goes, Hmm. I hadn't considered that. And so uh anyway, so hey, I'll tell you, I listen, I think, I ponder and uh, you, you guys are the recipients of some of my, uh, some of my conclusions. So let's go on. Warren even had a geneticist, Dr. Carlos Bustamante, analyze her DNA. We did find five segments of Native American ancestry with very high confidence, where we believe the error rate is less than one in a thousand. Now, the president likes to call my mom a liar. What do the facts say? The facts suggest that you guys absolutely have a Native American ancestor in your pedigree. Well, you know what? He's she's got five segments of Native American ancestry, five out of uh, five thousand, however many segments there are in there. Uh, well, there's five segments, and uh, you know the president likes to call my mamma a liar. No, he didn't. He called you a liar. So, and you, and according to this, according to this, uh, according to this, let me see where it says uh, the problem. Bustamante compared Warren's DNA samples with those of from people in Colombia, Mexico, and Peru not Native Americans in the United States. And according to Bustamante, the Native American ancestor of Warren's was approximately eight generations ago. Her great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparent. Um, and according, that makes her uh, one 1,024th uh, Native American. And I think if it was her grandparent, it would have been, oh, maybe she said her, her mama had Native American ancestry. Maybe she didn't say she was. Okay, so I'll leave that. I was just thinking and pondering and say that would be one-eighth. One-eighth if her grandma was Native American, but maybe it was in her Native American's answer. So I'm thinking, I'm pondering while I'm recording, and again, you guys are the beneficiary. The And the, and the problem is that you know he's using um, uh, Native, Native American people from Native South American people from Colombia, Mexico, and Peru. So, so she says she's uh, part Cherokee, but... I don't know, in the, the Native Americans in Mexico, was that the Aztecs? You know, Montezuma's Revenge? Was that, uh, was that who, she, who she's a, uh ancestor of? Because we don't really know because he didn't do DNA uh, from uh, Native American uh, people in North America. Uh, statement from the Cherokee tribe. Uh, from the Cherokee tribe says it makes a mockery out of DNA DNA tests and its legitimate uses, while also dishonoring legitimate tribal governments and their citizens whose ancestors are well documented and whose heritage is proven. Cherokee Nation Secretary of State Chuck Hoskin Jr. said in a statement, Senator Warren is undermining tribal interests with her continued claims of tribal heritage. Hoskin added the DNA tests were not even a reliable way to determine tribal lineage. The president responded with this uh, with a series of tweets on Tuesday. Pocahontas, the bad version, sometimes referred to as Elizabeth Warren, is getting slammed. She took a bogus DNA test and it showed she may be one out of 1,024 uh, Native American, far less than the average American. Now Cherokee Nation denies her DNA test is useless. Even they don't want her. Phony. 
You know, I'll tell you, uh, Don. I was, hey, you know what? You know, I always Don always says, hey, I don't. You don't ever say anything about my opinions. Yeah, that's all I do. That's all I talk about. So Don goes. Don goes. We're probably all one thousand twenty fourth uh, of everything. If you go back to us, you go back so far, so far, so far, you can probably find Native American in just about anybody's heritage if you look hard enough. Donald Trump continued with another uh, tweet, said, Thank you, Cherokee Nation, for revealing that Elizabeth Warren, sometimes referred to as Pocahontas, is a complete and total fraud. And uh, one last one says, uh, Now that her claims of being Indian heritage have turned out to be scam and a lie, Elizabeth Warren should apologize for perpetrating this fraud against the American public. Harvard called her a person of color, amazing con, and would not have taken her otherwise. Here, here he is responding to the reporter on to a reporter on Monday. Senator Warren released some of her DNA results that show a strong likelihood that she does have Native American uh, roots. How much? One one thousand. Do you owe her an no, apology? What, is, no, what about the money that you? I owe her. She owes the country an apology. Yeah, she does. She's a she's a fraud, and uh, you know, quite frankly. People are people are getting out of control on the media, and let me play a few few clips. The president's tweets prompted everyone on uh, PMS NBC uh, to make this argument because Elizabeth Warren isn't isn't really Native American. Trump is a racist who should be impeached. Here's a, a bunch of their a bunch of their comments, and uh, I don't know who all these who all these are. Uh, the last one is uh, is uh, Morning Joe's uh, Mika. Um, here, let's let's do these one at a time. It's really not about the veracity of her statement. It is ultimately a dog whistle that plays into the right. grievances of of his base, his overwhelmingly white base, and it goes into uh, multiple themes that are at issue for conservatives, predominantly around affirmative action and whether or not there are people who are sort of cheating the system by well, claiming to be minorities. Well, that is what it is, because uh, if she's claiming to be a minority to cheat the system, um, that is a, that is I don't know why that's a slam, but that's what they're saying. Hey, you know what? They're trying to act like like uh, like the Trump the Trump supporters are bad because we don't want people claiming to be in minorities to cheat the system. Let's play the next one. I think this is, is something where people can relate to Elizabeth Warren uh, being trolled this way by the president. You know, a birtherism was anti-black. This particular heritage obsession of his uh, is more, I guess, anti-democratic white woman. A birther is anti-black. When did that come up? You know, a birther is anti-black. People that thought that Barack Obama wasn't wasn't uh, uh, born in America. That's not anti-black. That's uh, that's that's just saying the facts. If you're not a natural-born citizen of the United States, you're not allowed to run for. You're not allowed to be elected president. In terms of the Elizabeth Warren, uh, the attack on Warren, I believe that was actually about uh, white anxieties among Donald Trump's base about who's white in America. White anxieties about who's white in America. Um, is that like? Trump's base doesn't want to claim her. It's not because she's not because she's not white. It's because she's stupid. Let's play uh, Mika's comment. This is one of the many, many, many ways this president has shown us that he is not fit, possibly not even well. You are working for a president who is not fit to lead, who's going to do something crazy in five minutes, one hour, tonight or tomorrow. Like, what more do you need to hear from him to start thinking 25th Amendment or something else? Well, let's clarify who this is and why this why uh, Trump doesn't like her and why most of us conservatives don't like her. Elizabeth Warren is because she's a socialist. She's a Warren, uh, moron. Remember when she said this? I hear all this, you know, well, this is class warfare, this is whatever. No, 
There is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Nobody. You built a factory out there, good for you. But I want to be clear, you moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. You hired workers the rest of us paid to educate. You uh, were safe in your factory because of police forces and fire forces that the rest of us paid for. You didn't have to worry that marauding bands would come and seize everything at your factory and hire someone to protect against this because of the work the rest of us did. Now look, you built a factory and it turned into something terrific or a great idea. God bless. Keep a big hunk of it. But part of the underlying social contract is you take a hunk of that and pay forward for the next kid who comes along. Yeah, well, in that same thought pattern, can we say if you didn't pay any taxes, you don't get to drive on my roads that I paid for? I'm all out of time for part one of the main event. I'll be back again in five minutes with uh, more of this after some traffic, weather, and commercials. Don't go away. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk about uh, real estate and finance much on the radio because I figured out the secret to a successful uh, show for uh, radio. And uh, for radio is uh, don't talk if you want to do a successful show. Uh, don't talk about uh, real estate and finance because it's boring. So, uh, but if you're looking for somebody to uh, help you out, somebody that thinks like you, and it sounds like I think like you, and you need some uh, real estate financing, reverse mortgage, refinance, or you're buying a house and you want to actually uh, close on time, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, area code 855-640-2020. Or go to wccloans.com. And uh, find me in there. Um, if you hear something on the radio you want to comment on, 855-640-2092 is the listener hotline. So uh, we talked about uh, Pocahontas and uh, her her uh, confirmation that she's uh, one 1,024th Native American. Uh, the, next, uh, the next fun stuff that was uh, going on this week was uh, same day, Monday. A federal judge, dis- you know, this is like... Uh, the death of Farrah Fawcett. You know, she died the same day that Michael Jackson happened, that Michael Jackson uh, died. And uh, because Michael Jackson died, Farrah Fawcett didn't get any uh, attention on the day that she died. So uh, Stormy Daniels' uh, lawsuit, I guess this is good for her because not many people saw it. Uh, a federal judge dismissed her, the adult film star Stormy Daniels' defamation lawsuit against Pre- uh, President Trump. Daniels was also ordered to pay president's legal fees. <sighs> The crowd roars. So, uh, hey, all you guys that went on to GoFundMe's and you paid money for uh, to Stormy Daniels' uh, uh, legal defense fund, guess what? Now that money went towards Donald J. Trump's legal defense fund. Aren't you guys excited? Aren't you guys excited? I think it's uh, I think it's pretty cool. Background is what appeared to be an effort to keep her case at the center of the news. 
Daniel's attorney, whack job, Michael Avenetti, filed a lawsuit on Daniel's behalf back in April. The suit alleged that Trump attempted to tarnish her reputation and credibility by dismissing her account and description of a man who she says threatened her in a parking lot in 2011. Uh, so, so what happened is she said that some guy came up behind her and said, oh, what a cute baby. It'd be, it'd be a shame if, if uh, something happened to her mother and, uh, and took off and uh, that that was somebody from Trump. And, uh, so, so president Trump, um, dismissed it. He dismissed it on Twitter and he tweeted a sketch years, years later about a non-existent man, a total con job playing the fake news media for fools, but they know it. And, uh, by calling the incident con job. So basically, basically the, uh, the picture that she had drawn of this, of this suspect looks just like her ex-husband. Like, uh, I'm looking at a picture of her and her ex-husband. I'm looking at a picture of the of the uh, detective sketch, that's the same guy. I mean, he it looks just like him. So by calling the incident a con job, Mr. Trump's statement would be understood to state that uh, Stephanie Clifford was fabricating the crime and the existence of the assailant, both of which are prohibited under New York law as well as a law, the law of numerous other states. Avenetti wrote in the lawsuit, Daniels was seeking damages in excess of $75,000. Well, you know what? For a guy who's on the TV all the time and a porn star that's on the TV all the, st- all the time, for someone who's making such a big deal, it, who's such a uh, pillar of strength in the community that she's worried about her reputation, maybe she shouldn't have been a porn star if she's worried about her reputation um, by someone saying she's a liar, you'd think they'd go after more than $75,000 because that has, to pay, that has to pay his fees to Oh, wait, wait, wait. You Stormy Daniels fans that sent money in to go fund me for her. Uh, you paid the legal defense fees plus Donald Trump's. Remember, this is the attorney who can't stay off TV for more than two days at a time. The one that the liberals loved a few weeks ago because he was coming up with stuff that against uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Let's play this. Michael Avenatti is a beast. Okay, that's true. And he, he's a beast. He's a beast. John Meacham says he may be the savior of the republic. He has a great, bigger calling here. That being a lawyer is minimal compared to what he's doing. The priesthood? What a, whatever. He's out there saving the country. <laughs> I owe Michael Avenatti an apology. For the last couple of weeks, I've been saying, enough already, Michael. I've seen you everywhere. What do you have left to say? I was wrong, brother. You have a lot to say. The Democrats could learn something. Well, 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 the Democrats could learn something from you because you got a lot to say. The president reacted to the judge's decision this week, kind of in Trump style. Federal judge throws out Stormy Daniels' lawsuit versus Trump. Trump is entitled to full legal fees. Great. Now I can go after <laughs> now I can go after Horseface and her third-rate lawyer in the great state of Texas. She will confirm the letter she signed. She knows nothing about me. A total con. So I don't know, uh, maybe calling her horse face on Twitter wasn't as presidential, but you know, um, they were kind of vicious in accusing him of stuff. And, uh, you know, the whole, the whole thing that I couldn't understand is she's suing him for, for she's coming out. She's suing him for defending himself when apparently she admits that she signed a letter saying she wouldn't say anything about, uh, whatever she, uh, whatever she attempted or accused him of doing whether he did it or not i'm not sure and uh and i don't know that anybody but her and him know and but apparently there was a hundred thirty thousand dollar payoff um wait i took hundred thirty thousand dollars to shut up and the first thing i did is not shut up 
And now I want damages. I don't know. Just think about it. The word horse face sparked this reaction from CNN's Don Lemon. Does he own a mirror? Has he, he keeps talking about people gaining weight and how people look. Has he, does he own a mirror that doesn't have Vaseline over it or, uh, or a cloth? I mean, all he has to do is look in the mirror. Donald Trump is no prize. And if I were him, not that I'm one either, I would keep my thoughts about other people's looks to myself. Well, I don't know. Donald Trump is no prize. He's got $10 billion. I think, uh, I think somebody thinks he's a prize. It seems to be there's a lot of guys that are a lot uglier than him that have a lot of money that seem to have good-looking wives. I don't know. Maybe that's just they're that good a salesperson. I have a good-looking wife, and uh, I am a great salesperson. I'll, I'll admit it. Um, and everybody who sees us together goes, man, that Hoffman must be a great salesman, man. Look at he, what he's got. So Michael Avenetti uh, replied to Trump's tweet, You are a disgusting misogynist and an embarrassment to the United States. Bring everything you have because we are going to demonstrate to the world what a complete shyster and liar you are. How many other women did you cheat on cheat on your wife with while you had a baby at home? Ooh. So anyway, it is what it is. It is what it is. I just think it's funny that uh this lady went after Trump and uh you know whether 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 what she said is true, she got paid to, to to shut up, and she couldn't shut up, and uh, then she wants more money out of him. And this lawyer's ambulance chaser. He's looking for he's looking for some uh, notoriety. So next thing he's going, he's going to be wanting to be a Fox News com- uh, uh, contributor or a CNN Communist News Network uh, contributor or a PMS NBC uh, contributor. He's going to want to get a talk show, and uh, who knows, who knows, moron. So anyway. So here's here's the next topic I'm going to talk about is the missing Saudi journalist. And you know what? People have been watching this and go, why are they spending so much time on TV with this? You know, what does that have to do with us? So let me let me give you what happened. Okay, cuz I I was seeing the same thing. You know, why is you know, why is this so important? Then I started paying attention, did a little research, and uh so here's here's what I know now. Saudi Arabian journalist Jamal Khashoggi who has been hiding out in the United States since last year and writing for the Washington Post, has now been missing for two weeks. Khashoggi was last seen entering the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, Turkey, on October 2nd to obtain papers that would have allowed him to marry his Turkish fiancée. The well-known critic of the Saudi government has not been seen since. Okay, So this guy is uh, an outspoken critic of the Saudi government. He's been living in the United States because apparently the government doesn't like him because it's they don't have the freedom of the press and stuff over there. And uh, so he goes to Turkey to go and get a, a uh, marriage certificate so he can marry his fiancée. So there's a growing indication that the Saudi government is responsible for, responsible for Khashoggi's death. As sources told CNN that a group of Saudi men from the inner circle of the crown prince Mohammed bin Salman, spelled like salmon, only this is not a fish, Mohammed bin Salman, were also in the consulate. So Turkish officials are saying that they have an audio recording that proved Khashoggi was dismembered alive and killed by a hit squad of 15 Saudis who flew in on a private jet. So he, go, he he's a Saudi Arabian citizen. He's in the United States. He goes over to Turkey to get a marriage license to marry his fiance. walks in there, and supposedly there's 15 Saudis, friends of the inner circle of... Uh, of uh, Prince Mohammed bin Salman, his dad is uh, is the king, and uh, then they say they have audio recordings of him being uh, cut up and uh, and killed. If you've been asking all week why Americans should care about this, 
Here's the answer, according to Wall Street Journal editor Gerald C. If it turns out Jamal Khashoggi was in fact murdered, that would shake the very foundations of the current Trump administration tied to Saudi Arabia. The government that's run by Mohammed bin Salman has been championed by, among others, Jared Kushner, President Trump's son-in-law. And the administration has been using that relationship with Saudi Arabia and a kind of an implicit alliance between Israel and Saudi Arabia to put pressure on Iran in the region, to push for a Palestinian solution. And the Saudis have agreed to a giant package of arms purchases from the U.S. That kind of cooperation is now at least potentially at risk. So this puts us in a bad spot, kind of. Kind of, and it's not, and it's not so clear. Not so clear. I think there's stuff that's not coming out. Apparently, uh, apparently, this guy, this guy uh, Khashoggi, was uh, was against um, fighting with Iran. So he's uh, he's basically the opposite of our position. He didn't like the fact that they were teaming up with the United States. He that doesn't mean it's okay for them to be killed, but it's kind of there's there's other details that haven't come out that uh that turned up in our research here. So this puts us in a bad position cuz we're using number one we're using Israel uh using them as a friend of Israel to help support us in in protecting Israel and with the uh, Israel and the Palestinian conflict as well as Iran being the the biggest uh, sponsors of terrorism in the in the world and so they're they're anti-Iran and they're and they're pro-Israel. So we need some more support over there in that region of the world. Um, so they're they're a key they're a key uh, player in that. The president sent Secretary of State Mike Pompeo to Saudi Arabia this week to discuss the matter with King Salman and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, his son. Here's President Trump after speaking with Saudi King Salman on the phone. We are going to leave nothing uncovered. With that being said, the king firmly denied any knowledge of it. He didn't really know. Maybe, I, I don't want to get into his mind, but it sounded to me like maybe these could have been rogue killers. Who knows? I don't know that at that time that he did that uh, that interview that he even knew that it was, uh, that they were confirmed he, were, he was dead. But I know on Friday morning in the paper, um, he pretty much said that uh, that he said, "Hey, it looks that way that that uh, this guy this guy was killed." Um, Lindsey Graham believes the Crown Prince, who he calls MBS, you know, for us guys in the mortgage business, MBS is mortgage-backed securities. But this is a uh, uh, Mohammed bin Salman. He so uh, Lindsey Graham thinks that he was involved in his turning Saudi Arabia into a bad actor. This guy is a wrecking ball. He had this guy murdered in a consulate in Turkey, and to expect me to ignore it, I feel used and abused. This guy's got to go. Saudi Arabia, if you're listening, there are a lot of good people you can choose, but MBS has tainted your country and tainted himself. So I don't know really if uh, if that uh, the king and the king's family is is uh, elected by the Saudi people. Uh, typically, a king or a queen is a monarchy, and it's you know the 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 one the the king dies and it hands over to the to the to the prince or to the queen or something i don't know however they do that in kings and queens they're not actually so i don't know maybe in saudi arabia it's different but uh lindsey graham who has, seems to be america's sweetheart after he's uh stood up stood up like a man in the brett kavanaugh uh hearings now he's uh now he everybody loves him and so we're listening to him and uh on wednesday the president said this to the associated press I think we have to find out what happened first. 
Here we go again with, you know, you're guilty until proven innocent. I don't like that. We just went through that with Justice Kavanaugh, and he was innocent all the way as far as I'm concerned. That remark did not go over well with CNN. Uh, with CNN. Here's uh, Gloria Berger. You're talking about a human being who was apparently chopped into pieces in a, in a consulate here. And, and the president uh, is not listening, it would seem to me, to Republicans in the Congress, uh, Lindsey Graham in particular, who has been out there saying, I don't want to do business with the Saudis anymore if this is, if this is what is going on, comparing this to the Kavanaugh hearings. I mean, this is an apple and an orange we're, we're talking about here. And, and he needs to act as a moral leader. You know, the people look to the United States for moral leadership. And um, instead of talking about we need to get to the bottom of this, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, Pompeo is over there. He's talking about, well, be careful. You don't want to convict the Saudis too quickly. Let's be nice to the Saudis. Well, you know what? Uh, it's 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 all the convenience of when we want to be moral leaders in the in the country. Uh, I can I can remember when you know, and I, and and Don told me that one of her uh, one of her uh, her Democrat friends uh, from childhood said she got a message or a Facebook post or something. I blocked her because she just makes me mad. Um, that said said, look, a guy was murdered and Trump's doing nothing about it. Okay. There's a whole bunch of people in Chicago that get murdered every week, and nobody does anything about that. Certainly not Barack Hussein Obama when he was president for eight years, and that's his hometown, or at least that's the town he was in before Washington D.C. Uh, you know, before his hometown of uh, of uh, Bali, Indonesia. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I mean uh, Honolulu, Hawaii, is what I meant to say. Um, so, uh, but you know what? Uh, it's it's convenience. If we remember, uh, Barack Hussein Obama was out on the golf course when we heard, uh, I forget the name, the guy's first name. I think it was James Berg, or maybe it was Mar- I don't know. His last name was his last name was Berg. He was a contractor over there in uh, in uh, Iraq or Afghanistan, and uh, they they got captured by by the uh, Al Qaeda, and they cut his head off and put it out on the internet. And uh, and Obama got off his golf cart with his buddies, not senators or or congressmen. He was out uh, golfing with some of his well, some of his uh, celebrity buddies. He got off the golf cart, walked around a, in front of a uh, in front of a uh, backdrop, said a few words, and then got back on his golf cart and continued. So I don't know. He never did anything. So, but nobody, no, the Republicans didn't say anything. But even, I mean, the the Democrats never said anything about that. But now that it's somebody that you know, Trump's in there. Well, you know, you can't just let somebody get killed and not do anything about it in another country. Even some Republicans are saying we need to get out of the one hundred. It's one hundred and ten billion dollar arms deal with Saudi Arabia. Here's Marco Rubio. I don't think we should continue as business as usual until we know exactly what's happened here. Arms sales are important, not because of the money, but because it also provides leverage over their future behavior. You know, they, they'll need our spare parts, they'll need our training, and those are things we can use to influence their behavior. But I would not take cutting that off off the table. Well, Marco Rubio uh, uh, contradicted himself. He said, well, I don't think we should do, continue doing business as usual until we find out. I think maybe we find out first and then we make a decision what to do. You know, let's let's stop doing business with you. Let's stop shipping and stop collecting money and let's stop doing this until we find out whether you're guilty or not. And I don't think it works that way. I think we continue doing business as usual until we find out 
until we find out otherwise, and then we make a decision. And this is a slippery slope here. This is a this is a this this is why nobody wants to be the president. Um, well, that's why I don't want to be the president because I don't want to have to deal with this kind of stuff because you got a lot in the balance here. Here's a, here's why President Trump feels differently. They have a tremendous order, $110 billion. Every country in the world wanted a piece of that order. We got all of it. And what are we going to do? So, yeah, I mean, I've had some senators come up and some congressmen. They said, well, you know, sir, I think what we should do is we should not take that order. I said, who are we hurting? It's 500,000 jobs. It'll be ultimately $110 billion, the biggest order in the history of our country from an outside military. And I said, we're going to turn that down. Why would we do that? So, you know, who is, who is he, uh, who's he looking out for now? So, uh, Rubio says, Hey, you know what? Um, we should, we should do that because it's not just the money, why these things are important. It's the, uh, we have, we can control their behavior because they're going to need spare parts and they're going to need training. They're going to need this. They're going to need that. Well, that's one reason we shouldn't cut it off before we find out for sure what the deal is. And, uh, because we should say until we find out otherwise, we're not going to we're not going to have sanctions against you we're not going to have you know it's if if we know for sure that happened then we have to decide if that's really important to us because again they're important in in some uh foreign foreign uh, relations with other in in a uh, hotbed of of uh of uh psych, psycho chaos out there in the middle east and uh you gotta you gotta consider gotta consider all the options and it's it's gonna be a tough spot. I'm glad uh President Trump's there and I'm not, and I'm glad that he's got uh Mike Pompeo and uh General Mattis and uh some smart guys over there that are gonna help advise him and they're gonna come up with they're gonna come up with what's the best way to uh to deal with this. Um I just think I just think uh, the Democrats are making a big deal out of this, but if if they were in power they wouldn't make a big deal out of it. Because it's one guy in Saudi Arabia didn't really have anything to do with us. They're just saying, hey, we're we're doing business with these people. Well, we're doing business with the country and we got some bad actors over there. Does that and I'm not and believe me, I'm not defending anybody. I'm just saying, hey, let's think clearly. Let's consider the whole situation before we uh, make judgments. So a side note, ridiculously this week started out with the liberals actually trying to blame Trump for the Khashoggi tragic death because he likes to verbally attack journalists. Here's Obama advisor Ben Rhodes and CNN's Brian Stelter. The message the Saudis wanted to send and that they have sent is that you're not safe anywhere if you criticize us. And the message that President Trump is sending is that there's no consequences. We have a president of the United States who says journalists are the enemy of the state. So uh, values like freedom of speech and dissent Mm -hmm. uh, suddenly are very endangered around the world. To lure someone to a consulate to dismember the body and to take it back to Saudi, it it is a crime of a different caliber. Uh, I wonder if you look at what's happened in the last 12 days and you wonder if enemy of the people rhetoric, not just from President Trump, but also then from other world leaders, has anything to do with this, anything at all. Yeah, so I'm sure the people over there are uh, attacking the uh, journalist in America because remember this guy left and he's been writing for the Washington Post and so they're taking it out because Trump said that the 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 uh media is the enemy of the state. I don't know that they take they take uh, Trump stuff so seriously and we lured him, we lured him to the consulate so he could be killed. I think love lured him. 
he was going to get a marriage license. Well, how did we? How did anybody lure him to the to the concert? Well, you got We we lured him into here so we could capture him. We told him he had to have a marriage license to get married to someone who's Turkish. I think he just wanted to get married. So anyway, <sighs> hypocrisy. So uh, another caravan of immigrants. Oh, hold on. I'm changing subjects. Another caravan of immigrants from Central America is on its way to the U.S. border this week, traveling from Honduras and Guatemala through Mexico, where it is expected that most of them will be granted passage. In a series of tweets Thursday, President Trump indicated he would call our military to the border and stop the new NAFTA deal, which is called the USMCA, United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, which seems like a dumb seems like a dumb name, but... It is what it is. Uh, NAFTA sounds so much more cool. Um, North American Free Trade Agreement. So, you know, when they we talked about this about three, four w- weeks ago, the new agreement between Mexico, Canada, and the United States. And he said he's going to cancel it if Mexico fails to turn the, the caravan around, which I think is reasonable. You know what? We have leverage on these people. Why do we let them just do whatever they want and assault our country? So Donald Trump put out a bunch of tweets. The assault on our country at our southern border, including the criminal elements and the drugs pouring in, is far more important to me as president than the trade or the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement. Hopefully Mexico will stop this onslaught at their northern border. All Democrats fault for weak laws. He continued, in addition to stopping all payments to these countries, which seem to have almost no control over their population, I must, in the strongest terms, ask ask Mexico to stop this onslaught. And if unable to do so, I will call up the U.S. military and close our southern border, in big letters. I like that. A guy who's working from strength. He continues, I'm watching the Democrat Party because they want open borders and existing weak laws. Assault on our country by Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, whose leaders are doing little to stop this large flow of people, including many criminals, from entering the U. The Mexico from entering Mexico to the U.S. Because you know they have to go through a border at the southern border of Mexico to get there. And uh, he tweets another picture. Can you believe this? The Democrats are allowing to be done to our country, and shows this just a gigantic group of people at the southern border. Just so you know, you know, this guy is putting America first and trying to be the president of our country, not the world. Anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. Thanks for listening. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.